Hi, you guys. It's Betsy Beers again. I'm the executive producer of Scandal, and this is Scandal Revealed, the official Scandal podcast. And I'm not going to make a joke about being official because I do that every week, and I promised last week that I would stop doing it, so I'm not going to do it again this week. First of all, I just want to remind you guys, before I get started, please keep in mind all the great ways that you can be reaching us here on Scandal. Number one is next week for the season finale, we will have another live chat at one o'clock Pacific Standard Time or Pacific Western Time or Pacific Time Time. And there will be a fabulous actor hopefully talking to you for the live chat. And don't forget that we'll be tweeting live again next week for the season finale. It's going to be great. As you know, the actors, the EPs, Lynn Paolo, a lot of people get on and they live tweet. I don't. I will be slightly stalking you on my Twitter account reading what you're doing. But get on for the live tweet. And we're really going to try to break Twitter this week. So if we can, that would be super exciting. We'd all be super proud of actually taking Twitter down and then bringing Twitter back up again. We're really excited this week because I finally convinced another writer to join us, who's a phenomenal writer who happened to actually coincidentally write this week's episode that you just watched called Any Questions, episode 221, the vivacious, spectacular, and very handsome Matt Byrne. Oh, you are too kind. It's oh, so nice look, to see you, It's Betsy. so nice to see you too, How Matt. Are you? You're Thanks usually for pulling in, me out of the room. You, you, this I is just, great. Literally, we took a large hook and we crammed in the room and we grabbed yeah. him yeah, yeah, and yeah. we actually, we threw like, like chocolate-covered almonds is bait. And yeah. he ran oh, no. down the this hall. This is a half an hour of no work. This See, is, exactly. You know, <laughs> this is great. I love it. We can keep going as we, long as you that's, that's usually, unfortunately, Chris White, our producer, forces me to stop because this is endless oh, babbling for me. Chris. I know, right? What a party pooper. Yeah. Matt today is wearing a lovely white sort of Brooks Brothery type shirt. Looks like a nice fine cotton with a zippy t-shirt underneath and um, a nice pair of jeans. Every day it's kind of a uniform. It's one less decision I have to make. It's, well, it's kind of the way I look I'm at just going to say he wears it well and I never even noticed that it was a uniform. Thank you. I should probably vary it up since I'm in the room with the same people all day long. They must get a little bored of just uh, mm, I think probably it's some nice consistency. And and, you know. Do you sit in I the same to, seat? I used to dress so differently. It was like, you used to have to be in front of people and suits <laughs> and ties and all this. It's so different now. It's all internal. For you guys who don't know, Matt was a, he worked with CNN. Correct. You were a reporter, which gives actually us a huge amount of credibility, which is terrific. How long were you at CNN? 10 years. I went there straight out of college. For you guys who are curious, I am wearing a princess outfit today, complete with a crown. It's not a very good crown. Shonda's got the really good crowns in yeah. her office. But the silver slippers make up for it, though. The silver slippers are nice, yeah. and it's kind of sticky-outy. You know, yeah, it's got no, a it's got sti- good structure. The sheen is... It's excellent. It is. I'm waiting for a wand. Satin. I was sort of hoping that I could be sort of a fairy princess as opposed to a princess, but it didn't you work don't out need that a wand. way. No, I don't need a wand, no. right? That's you know a crutch. Have... It's all inside of you. <laughs> Forget the wand. <laughs> you know, I think he's speaking to my inner princess, and I'm going to cry pretty soon yeah. because I'm going to fire my therapist. I mean, like, you look great. You know, just go with it. Already, this podcast is worth its weight in actually technically about $200 <laughs> that I'm gonna, I could save by calling my shrink, which is working out incredibly well for me. So you, I mean, give us amazing amounts of credibility because you did come from the world of reportage. Actually, we first met you at Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. I was an intern at Grey's Anatomy. I did medical research for the writers there, which was an incredible 
learning ground. I mean, mm-hmm. I was able to get into the room, which is, you know, where kind of all the creativity happens in terms of how shows are structured and how things change and how writers work together differently in different places. And it was invaluable. From my perspective, what happened was we were looking for writers when Scandal first got picked up. We actually didn't know that Scandal was going to get picked up. And the way this works, for you guys who don't know, is that we, you make a pilot And when you make the pilot, one of the things you're doing is you're hoping your show's going to get in the air. So you spend a lot of time for a couple weeks running around like a chicken with your head cut off, meeting as many writers as you possibly can, so that you can actually put a group of writers together to start writing when the show gets picked up. And I imagine from your side dealing with a lot of agents who are trying to get work for their clients, which is a whole other obstacle for you. A whole other obstacle, because sometimes you have to sort through a fair number of writers. I remember your very zesty agents calling and pitching you... And we were so excited because, first of all, we knew you, and we're, we love people we know already because it saves me work. Like, it means that I actually didn't actually have to do anything, sure. which was terrific. Secondarily, we loved you. You were great. And it was so exciting that you were writing, and you were writing movies. And uh, like, Yeah, I wrote a pilot, I think, that you read. Yeah, uh, which yeah. was really good, you guys, by oh, the way. Thank it was you. a very good pilot. Thank you. Yeah. Sort of in this world. It's called Bad Press. See? It all ended up for the best, and um, Matt has been saving our bacon since uh, we brought you on uh, over here play my tiny role and I love it. (laughs) And modest. So you wrote the episode Any Questions, which we just watched, which honestly, like the show's been good all season, but these last couple of episodes are so freaking insane. I mean, Billy Chambers is the mole. Yeah, how about that? Billy Chambers? (laughs) I'm just going to say it just like on the short. Billy Chambers? Billy Chambers? Billy Chambers is the mole. I know. I know you think someone's dead in this town. No, uh, it's Billy Chambers. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And David's helping him. It's more upsetting than I Billy he was Chambers is the part of the team. I thought he was a, a gladiator, and there, he, there he goes. Just, There's no know. Billy Chambers in team. <laughs> no. The whole thing that went down at the very last minute with Fitz and realizing that he had never really put his papers in. She realizes that he's just chicken to run. Well, not only that, but he has just done the bravest thing for love that you Ever. can imagine. I mean, he just, he's willing to give up his presidency for the woman he loves. For the woman he loves, and she's saying not if. Not if this isn't about giving up a residency for the right reasons. So I give it to her, too, man, because I think I would have taken the deal and run. Yeah. I would have I mean, made those jams And in there's Vermont. that nice nice aside. I don't know if you caught it with Cyrus, but just leaning over during the press conference and saying, I know, what, I know what you gave up for this, which is true. She, there was, you know, there was the opening for them to be together. There, there it was. So I'm just going to say this is the second time in my count that this has happened, because it happened in season one, too, because they could have actually made a run for it, but... She got all you should be president on everyone's tail. Well, you know, uh, she really believes in him. She, uh, she, she, she does. She wouldn't have worked as hard. She wouldn't love him as much as she loves him if she didn't believe he was, the, you know, the country needed him. And, and she always and believed that. he could do it despite defiance. See? Yeah. That was incredibly moving. And then there's Melly in Blair House. She's put herself in a really precarious position and really questioning whether or not Fitz has any feelings for her anymore. You know? There's that great moment, though, at the very, very end of the episode where her crisis management, played by John Berriman, who's a wonderful actor, sure. who's a family yeah. favorite, he says, very well played, and she says, like I said, I know fits. Yeah. And there's a look on her face at the very last moment where you see in her eyes that she thinks it's possible that maybe he still loves her. And yeah. it's like, oh, my God, which then when you match it with the actual shot of... Olivia Pope, when Cyrus says that to Olivia Pope, and she she starts when he starts to say, I'm going to run for president, you see her beam, and then you see it go back. 
and you see all this pain flood over her face. What did I just do? Like some super, super yeah. awesome moments of TV. And meanwhile, there's this little glimmer of hope for Melly, who, for the first time, is convinced that she does know her husband, that, that she hasn't completely lost him. We've got some very wonderful questions. Gigi Khan at GGeorgeat1 wants to know, have there been clues to who the mole is? I want to rewatch and make an educated guess. Have you guys placed clues in there? Yes. Yes, we have. There's, that's, that's all I can tell you, Gigi. <laughs> I think that what you'll find is it, it's a bit of a double punch in terms of David, who's super incentivized to regain his his place in the world, who, who lost his life t- thanks to these people, who is now sees an opportunity to perhaps get back on his feet and get back at the people who took away his life. The same, sort of the same thing happened to Billy Chambers. Um, for those of you who have not seen season one, watch season one. That helps. <laughs> that helps. It's great. It helps. Um, Billy Chambers was Sally Langston's chief of staff during the campaign. He was. And was very, very key to season one and did a very bad thing. Yeah, Billy Chambers sent in a woman to sleep with the president, essentially, to uh, put a face to a piece of tape that he had of the president having sex. He didn't know who that person was, who the president was having sex with. So he sent in essentially a Trojan horse, a Monica Lewinsky type, to go in and get close with the president so that he could pin that sex tape on an individual. That ended up backfiring. Uh, Olivia got the better of him, and here he is back back to uh, get revenge. He also kind of killed somebody. Oh, yeah, that. The really shocking part is everyone thought that Charlie had killed him in season Correct. One. Going into the season finale, for any of you guys who for some reason are busy, I don't know, with jobs or you have families or other things you have to do, that's just a little tiny two-minute recap so you can go into the season finale with all the information that we have. Yeah. Which, by the way— is still going to be an incredibly enjoyable season finale, which has so much plot in it. I'm just going to say, even I am astonished. Nero Perla at Nero Perla, Capri 0906. Hi, we love you. You always ask great questions. Thank you so much for doing it. Please walk us through the making of a typical scandal script. Okay, uh, the making of a typical scandal script involves involves the writers coming together, figuring out what they owe from the previous script, what they sort of know going into it, and then figure out how they're going to move the story forward. Maybe you can describe for the folks who are listening how the room works, how a writer's room works, because how many of you guys are there? I think we're now up to 11. And the way it works now is, even though my name is on this script, all of the writers have worked on this script. We all work together in terms of building out the story, creating an outline, filling up whiteboards with story, with Shonda leading sort of the way and coming in and giving us guidance and providing her vision as we go, filling up the episode, then going off, writing scenes, bringing them back, the executive producers compile them into a script. We read them as writers. We make changes. We have the actors read them. We make changes, and then we shoot the script. Um, And there's a writer on set who carries that vision through to make sure that the visiting directors and the and the, and the cast, that everyone is sort of clear about what should be happening going forward and tonally. And because we are a little bit ahead of everyone, we know how th- 
things should feel in a way that they necessarily don't. Mia at Mia95 wants to know, how long does it take to write one episode? This is a good, this is a good question It's a really good ask. question. How long does it take? It takes as long as we have, uh, it, which can be any, <laughs> anywhere from three days to a week and a half. There's what we call breaking it, which is figuring out what goes into it and putting it into an outline form. And then the writing itself, because we, we sort of team write, you know, usually takes a day and before we start compiling it and then reading it, that sort of thing. The actual pen to paper typing it out doesn't take very long, but the thinking about what goes into it, that can take anywhere from a week to two days. Two to, days, to, depending on how much yeah. time you got. And what these guys do, too, for production, because sometimes what happens is the script will be, it'll take a while to get the script. We usually get some sort of, you give us some sort of hint on the production side as to what's going to be happening so we can start to find locations, so we can start talking about guest actors, all that kind of stuff, right. which means you guys have a sense as to what's going to happen. You just don't know when in what order and exactly what scenes are going to take place when. We try and give production, as soon as we're able, a, a strong shape of what the what the episode will be so that they can go about doing their important work of finding locations and actors and figuring out all of the necessary stuff for the piece. Belladam Noir at Belladam Noir wants to know, really want to know if everyone agrees with storylines all the time and how do you compromise? Like, do you guys have fights? All the time. Right? Yes. I can hear them from outside the door. Yes. We fight a lot. We laugh a lot. It's, you know, everyone who works on the show is very passionate about making it the best it can be. And everyone comes from different places, and that's what makes it great. And the ability to create an environment where people are safe to fight things out and, and call each other out on stuff I think is tremendously important, and the executive producers are, are very good about both choosing the right people, which is a huge part of it, and then also making sure that, that it's a safe, creative environment where you can feel free to shout us down. And that, that's true with Shonda Rhimes, who, you know, is – will come in and, and have very bold ideas and is willing to be, you know, challenged on them as well. I think the truth with her, too, is, like, we always say, right into the problem. Like, the most interesting thing in the world, traditionally just for me watching, and I think for her writing and for you guys, is create a situation and think of the worst possible thing that could happen that you can't get out of. Right. Write that and then get out of it. And that's yeah. what you guys consistently are doing on the show in yeah. the most aggressive way, which you is... You have to burn bridges behind characters. And, oh, and, and you just you back them, them into corners yeah. and you lock doors and then you run away and that's you fun. put them in boxes and then you can't figure out how they got there. Yeah. Which is really fun. And it's that's what sort of makes it incredibly fun to watch. But it must be exhausting on your brain. It is. It is. But it's also if it's not scary as a writer thing. Why do if you're it? not worried, like, how the hell are we going get to get out of this? It's not... It's usually not worth doing. And it's really satisfying to watch people, I mean, the characters on screen go through this stuff because it saves you the trouble of having to do that really stupid thing yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you live vicariously? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not that I'm actually planning on putting anybody in a box, but it's always nice yeah. to, it's fun to know get, that yeah. someone else is doing it. Yeah, it's fun to drill people. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it always is an amazing thing, no matter what, how much everyone loves Huck. Yeah. Like, Huck yeah. just came back from a lovely trip to Israel where he and Quinn Perkins and Melly all went to, to Israel, which was a, a lovely trip that they took. And they were promoting the show. And there are all of these pictures of people just, like, apparently a woman was started to tremble when she saw Huck and started to cry because oh. she was so excited. Because everybody yeah. just wants to take care of Huck. I just remember my mom 
you know, telling a story about, or I think I was talking to her about how I wasn't feeling well. And, I, you know, I was like, thought I was coming down with something. And she said, you need to get better because you need to go in there and help Huck. <laughs> <laughs> she was really worried about him. She was worried about him. Yeah. She, he was probably She's stuck like, in a Buck up, kiddo. Huck needs your help. Huck needs help. Yeah. Um, this has been great because we don't really ever get – I'm never allowed to take the writers out of the writer's room, you guys, because Shonda, who is my producing partner and who I've been working with for a very long time, really needs them. And she's not available to do podcasts very much because she's writing all the time as well in editing. So whenever I ask, I literally sent her an email and I said, please, 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 can I have Maddie Byrne? Oh, that's sweet. And she said, yes, well, of course. <laughs> yes, of course you can in a very magnanimous way. So it's, that's how it's she always, talks. <laughs> she doesn't even vaguely talk like that. But it, I like doing an imitation of her sounding incredibly yes. magnanimous. Actually, she just said, sure, why don't you? Yeah, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. But it's always great because we get a different kind of insight on the process. The actors have one perspective, but... You guys are creating the world, and it's such an incredible thing that you guys have wrought that I'm so excited to watch the reaction to the season finale. Me too. Aren't you? I am, and I'm so grateful for the audience we have as well. It's fantastic. It's just the most unbelievable thing, like yeah. so loyal. And we all so, are. The writers are just uh, couldn't, couldn't be happier. It's wonderful. It's they're just an unbelievable group. So total shout-out to you guys, those who are listening and are patiently in their cars or doing something where they need to be listening. And for all you other guys on Twitter, we want to keep our record for being the most tweeted about show. We're really working towards that. So keep that up, you guys. We, we have a reputation to uphold. Thank you very much, Maddie. Oh, thanks for having me. Nice to see you, Betsy. So this is the last podcast in this office before um, we wrap for the end of the season, which is probably just as well because it's getting kind of smelly in here because I don't leave very often. But next week, the final podcast is going to be an incredibly cool event. We were asked to do a table read of our fine television program scandal and the final episode of the fine television program scandal, which we're going to be doing for the Television Academy. And after that, we're going to have a question and answer period, which we will be podcasting in replacement of me babbling into a microphone endlessly describing what I'm wearing. It should be really entertaining and interesting. The whole cast is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Shonda's going to be there. I'm sure there are going to be some really interesting questions. Please listen to that because I think that's going to be incredibly fun to listen to. And as if that was not enough, there will still be live tweeting. With all good efforts, we're trying to do the live chat at 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time on Thursday. That's next Thursday, which is the season finale day. So please tune into that, and we'll give you more information on that via Twitter and on abc.com. And please, please, please watch Scandal. Watch it live, 10 o'clock, Thursday night, ABC, while you're there. Grey's Anatomy, 9 o'clock, season finale. There's a big thing, two, three, four, five big things that happen in that Grey's Anatomy. You've got to watch it. It's really intense and really incredible. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, ABC, Thursday night. I'm Betsy Beers. I'm executive producer. Thank you guys very much. I will be talking to you next week.